Hello and welcome to another episode of Lie, Cheat, and Steal, the podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. I'm your host, Pat Soroyce. Just a reminder that we are a bi-monthly podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at LCS Podcast, and we're on TikTok and Instagram at Lie, Cheat, Steal Podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening to this, or you can subscribe to our Patreon. We release two more episodes every month. That's at patreon.com slash lie, cheat, and steal. Anyways, I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Kath Barbadoro. Kath, how you doing? Hi, Pat. I'm pretty good. Um, I'm. This is our second recording of the night, so uh, I'm getting a little loose. I'm having another yeah. canned cocktail, which canned uh, I cocktail. had last time we last time we recorded. <laughs> Always makes for sour. a good episode. Oh, Very hello. Good. I'm back to my 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 known for drink, my Lone mm, Star 16 ounce signature. tall boy. Yeah. Yeah, the signature. Yeah. Call I it didn't the drink Pat. Sunday through Wednesday. Yeah, call it the Pat. <laughs> I didn't drink th- Sunday through Wednesday. I'm on a weird ass work stand down with the union right now. Oh yeah. Uh, it turns out so we, we work on the third floor. The second floor was deemed unsafe. Ah. And they uh and, and, Well you and, can't uh, go oh, up there the, the then. Name. Yeah, because like the, I as, as and I've always been a proponent of this. The third floor is heavily dependent on the second floor. It's very true. So, yeah. <laughs> so they got everybody out of there. They were like all right, so they're like, uh, we're gonna send you home for the day, uh, and we'll follow up with them tomorrow. And then we we're like, the day, the, later that day, they were like, yeah, we're good, coming tomorrow. But they're like, actually, don't go in. Let's all meet over here at a meeting. They got to get an engineer out there. But they were like, but check it out, we're gonna pay y'all for the week, so just go home. And I was like, hell this yeah. This is so funny because we recorded some episodes like two days ago, and you were like, man, back to the grind. I had this back nice to the time off. <laughs> Back yeah, to the grind. You had like 48 hours of the grind, and then they're just like, we'll yeah. just pay you for the week. It's fine. We'll just pay you. <laughs> but here, here's where the grind continues. And so five minutes down the road after I left, they were like, actually, we do need y'all to show <sighs> back up every morning. to Because to, to, Samsung uh, uh, cut – fuck, there you go. <laughs> the Korean tech company I work for cuts the bill for labor every day. Mm-hmm. And I don't work for them, but we work with them. They cut the bill for labor every day. And so they're, they could feasibly be like, well, hold on. Were y'all there ready to work? Like, you know, if nobody was there, we shouldn't have to yeah. pay. So we have, to, we have to show up to show a willingness to work. Ugh, that sucks because uh, you have to be there really early and it's far. Yeah, to be there really early. I, I got to be out the house by 430, but it's way less prep than normal. Like, I, I just have to go and show up so I don't have to have, make sure I have all this stuff so right. I can wake up you pretty late. You can roll out of bed. Late. Yeah, late considerably. I can I can le- I can wake up at four twenty instead of leaving at four thirty. You know, right? Which, uh, <laughs> yeah, but I got there today. It wasn't that bad. Like I just like smoked cigarettes with a bunch of curmudgeonly old union dudes. Yeah, and uh, and, then and we, we had a bunch up, of time. To- and then you have the whole day off if you don't end up working. So. I edited. I edited so much video. Like it's like <laughs> like, like it happened. It was again yesterday. That's why I hit you up. I was like, hey, can I release this video early because it's already done? <laughs> Hell yeah! So I love it, man. It's it's been good, man. Here's to you. So how, how how are things? Yeah, how are things up there in New York today? Uh, things are good. It snowed this morning, which was very exciting. Love <gasps> to get a little so snow. Cool. It didn't. Uh, it didn't stick. It didn't stay. Um, but we got a little bit of snow, which is good. This is like the longest period without. Um, like, so the, I I can't remember what the what they call it, but basically like, there's a different name for when snow accumulates versus when it snows. Because like, yeah, you know, it was like maybe 35 degrees today, but it was snowing because it was you know up higher yeah. it was colder and everything. Up high, yeah, yeah. So, um, New York. This is like the longest New York has gone without like accumulating snowfall 
since like the 19th century, since like the Civil War, basically oh, was like damn. it's because we didn't get like any last year. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's been since like the March of 2022 or something like that. Like it's been a really yeah, long time. Wow. So I, I wonder what's been happening globally <laughs> to make that be the case. Who oh, can know? A bit who of a mystery. Know? Yeah, yeah. That's you know who, who <laughs> could know. You know. <laughs> but I was encouraged we got some today because it might mean we actually get some that sticks. Like it, it's un- it, I, last year we barely got any flurries even. So I'm I'm encouraged. I'm heartened. I've heard city snow living is rough because like I've talked to a few friends that bartended in New York mm-hmm. and they're like if it's snowing outside you got to walk to work with an extra pair of pants mm-hmm. because by the time you get if, if the snow's heavy by the time you get to, to, to work your pants are just are just soaked yeah uh, so I, yeah like I, don't know, like I would imagine that yeah, like, it could be rough when it snows there but it's also probably alarming if it doesn't yeah and it like it depends I think bartenders are have a unique problem where like because their hours are what they are th- like they're walking through unshoveled sidewalks and stuff because they're like getting out of work like late at night and stuff if you work a normal schedule like it's actually better than not living in the city because like you don't have to shovel your own driveway and shit so like yeah it's uh i don't really mind it but yeah definitely when it snows a lot uh you gotta get the like the fucking galoshes out or yeah you're the bottom of your pants (laughs) look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When um, I lived in Connecticut, uh, I remember like one time, it was like like my first winter there, and I was like, you know, a Texas kid learning snow. And I was like, I, I had this genius idea. I was like, oh, I'll dig out my car tonight. And in that way, it'll <laughs> oh, be. Yeah. A fool's errand, Pat. <laughs> yeah, because I dug it out, and the snowplow just came by one fell so yep. just whoop, knocked it all back over Fuck on my y'all. car. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I woke up later because I was like, I already dug the car out last night. I woke up, <sighs> car was all just. I man, yeah, that's a, that's a horrible way to live. I don't get why people got there back in the day. They weren't just like, let's go a few miles south. They knew it was warmer. Why did they do it? <laughs> I growing up lived next to, our next door neighbor. Um, he owned a paving company, and so he had plows and stuff. And uh, he would like sometimes plow our. We didn't have like a big driveway, but we had a driveway that we'd have to dig out. And he would sometimes do it. And I feel like my parents were like. No, it's important that you learn to, how to shovel snow. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, because it wasn't done all the time. Like, we definitely had to shovel yeah. out that driveway. And it's like, man, why can't we just ask Mr. Matthews? He has a fucking plow in his yeah, driveway yeah, yeah. right now. <laughs> anyway, Dude, my those cousins were all snow. Yeah, my cousins were all snow plowers, or like, or they were all like, like landscapers in the winter. They, they, they did snow yeah, plowing. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like trying to go to a bar one time, and I was going to drive there in my car. My cousin was like, uh, he's like, you're going to drive your car? He's like, you're, you're a little ass sedan? It was snowing. He goes, yo, ride with me. And so we drove in the snowplow, and he dropped the snowplow while we were going like 50. It was just snow was just <laughs> flying over us. That sounds And he fun. was having a blast. I was freaking out. I was like, I've never seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I have a segue. This story takes place um, in another snowy city, or a lot of it does anyway, even further north than us. Uh, a lot of my story today takes place in Toronto, Ontario. Toronto. They got the, the lake six. effect, so there, there's a lot of snow yeah. up there. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, running through the six with my snows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys know how it goes. A little, exactly. little Drake action. Yeah. <laughs> so um, a lot of this story, uh, I, I the, the sort of skeleton of this, and then I did some other research to sort of fill things out, uh, is from a Wired article from 2011. Um Written by Jonah Lehrer, who ironically could be a subject on the show because he is a known plagiarist. So oh, word. <laughs> interesting uh, sort of crossing of the past. It also did make me feel a little less bad about um, basing a, an episode primarily off of his article because it's like, well, you yeah. ripped off a lot of other people. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I can rip you I, off a little bit on this one. Um, it's only I was like, fair. imagine our, our episode is about snow and it's just like, and his article was just Robert Frost's poem. <laughs> Like walking in the woods. Wow, Jonah Lair wrote this really nice poem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the road less traveled. No, this story is actually about uh, the lottery, more specifically scratch-offs. We're going to talk about scratch-offs Hell today. Hell yeah. Pat, you like a scratch-off? Gotta love. a good scratch-off? Uh, I'm not. I'm not a big gambler outside of dice. Yeah, um, you like a game. Like, so you don't want to just. I like a game. Yeah. yeah. The, the stragglers, So every now and then, like, and as I when I this has been years since I did it, but when I was younger, maybe like once a year, I'd buy a scratch off, mm-hmm. with the reasoning being I never do this, I'll win. Right. And it never really worked out like that. Um. Yeah. I. I I watched my, my mom was a big scratch off. Like, it was, she had a scratch off period when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and it went through that. But me myself never been a big scratch off guy. Uh, they seem fun. I, what I thought was fucked up was one time I bought a Christmas theme scratch off, mm-hmm. and it was like scratch off these little things, and it was like I don't know, a mitten, a snowman, and like a candy cane. It was like sure. what I got, and I started scratching off like the, you know the bank, and I'm going, and it was like I got through some other things, and I was like, yo, how many more Christmas shapes can there be? And like and there was a lot more Christmas shapes. I had none <laughs> of them. I was like, I didn't even have that many Christmas shapes that were identifiable <laughs> enough to be included in a Christmas theme scratch off. So yeah, I don't, I don't fuck with them too heavy. So, <laughs> well, your habits sound like a lot of people's because apparently um, half of Americans will buy at least one lottery ticket at some point in their life. Um, but the vast majority of lottery tickets, including scratch offs, are purchased by about twenty percent of the population who like play games lottery like state run games of chance uh oh, yeah. fairly frequently I've been trying to buy gas I've been trying to buy gas before I've been behind oh these yeah percent yeah <laughs> it sucks because it's like when people are buying like a million scratch offs or a million lottery tickets or something it holds up the line and also you know that like they're hurting themselves it's like yeah, yeah this yeah, is yeah, inconveniencing yeah. me and it's hurting you like yeah both our lives would be better if this transaction was not happening it's like yeah. it's very frustrating um but yeah, so uh, people uh, people who don't like the lottery say that um, the lottery is a regressive tax because the people who play it the most tend to be poor people. So it yeah. like it disproportionately takes from people who have little um, because that's like how the lottery works in uh, a lot of places in North America, including Canada, which we'll talk about. Um, of a few Canadian provinces have the lottery, and uh, 43 states have uh, the lottery. So I guess every Canadian yeah. province does. 43 states. Um, it's like, what do you even win in a Canadian lottery? Like, how many how many hockey pucks can one man have? You know. <laughs> it's funny because like I I just assume like I know on um, British TV game shows they can't give away prizes. And like I just sort of thought Canada was like that too, where it's like oh, where they ga- can't give away prizes. Yeah, you, it's like. Like they so, can't like, give away did, like did, monetary prize. They can't give away prizes okay. with like a monetary value. 
So, so they they have to they have to like disguise a prize. Well, it's like if you win Great British Bake Off, you get like a little trophy. Like you don't get money, you know. <laughs> Those fucking losers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's because it's like gambling Damn. rules. It's yeah, yeah. So you can't do it. They just let you French kiss Noah Fielding. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Noah will give you a right smack on the lips. I compete. I compete. I like yeah, Noah yeah, Fielding. Yeah, yeah. I give him a little smooch. <laughs> Anyway. Oh, yeah. You just, get, you just get a massage from Paul Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> that I would turn down. I find him creepy. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's a bit much. He looks like a husky with his blue eyes. It's yeah, too much. Yeah. It's too much for me. I don't like it. Go pull a sled. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, yeah. So um, in the 18th and 19th centuries, uh, lotteries sort of started becoming popular in North America. They actually funded um, some early expansions of Harvard and Yale and also constructions of some of the railroads. Um, and then in 1964, my home state of New Hampshire became the first state to um, incorporate the first like state-run lottery. Where Hell yeah, the... live free or die. Exactly. <laughs> Freedom to gamble, baby. Um, yeah. In some states, revenue from the lottery accounts for more than 5% of education funding. So it's, you know, it's big. So um, that brings us to our story today, which is about a guy who basically cracked the code of scratch-offs. And uh, what he did with that information is very interesting to me. So um, this is... I had a friend that worked at a gas station that claimed that he... Did that, and I take him at his word for it. I can't remember the details. It's basically it was something like he would, he would, he would know that if somebody bought a ticket, out he could hold a ticket. I don't know. I had a scra- you, I, I had a gas see, station friend who claimed that, yeah. he knew that, he, that he knew how to crack the code. Well, I'm gonna explain how this guy cracked the code, and we'll see if it jogs your memory because th- th- it's okay. definitely possible that other people have figured this out. Which will there's some evidence that they have, which we'll we'll go into. Um, but the main part of the story is about this guy named Mohan Srivastava, who uh, is a statistician who is living in Toronto. Um, in And he, all of this stuff happened in like 2003-ish was when this story starts. So um, he is like working at his desk one day and he's like rummaging around for something and he finds some old scratch-offs um, that like someone had given him as like a gag gift or something. So he's scratching yeah. them off. First one loses. The second one uh, he wins on. And the one he wins on is a tic-tac-toe game. So uh, you've probably seen these. It's like on the right there's um, a tic-tac-toe board and then on the left is the scratch-off part. And you're supposed to scratch it off and compare the numbers on the scratch-off side to the other side. And if they, like, get – if the numbers on that side are in your scratch-off – in a row and you get a tic-tac-toe you win money so it's like a matching game you know yeah this is like a very common form of scratch off so he wins three dollars he's like whoopee like neat cool that's interesting but then he starts thinking about it because this is this is a math game you know yeah um and this guy's he's a, a statistician. He's a statistician. He, he has a degree. Yeah. He has degrees from MIT and Stanford. So he's a very good statistician. Yeah. Hell yeah. And he was very intrigued by what this lottery ticket sort of represented because these tickets are mass produced, which means they have to have some, you know, computer program deciding what numbers go where. But you can't just have a random number generator because the lottery has to control how many tickets are winning tickets. 
which yeah. means that the the sequences of numbers on these cards cannot be random. So the this has to be manipulated by human hand and thus there must yeah. be some algorithmic work at play. There must be some so, method to this. So it, it, it was definitely the tic-tac-toe framework that provided the idea that there has to be a method. Like if it had just been yes. random, like scratch here, scratch there. But well, the fact that they're trying to overlay this scratch-off game into a tic-tac-toe framework, that was, is that where he's like, he's no, like there has I, to be some sort of... I mean, I, th I think that the mechanism of the game is like, it makes you think it's random, but like nothing on a scratch-off ticket can be random because uh, yeah, oh yeah okay yeah 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 because yeah. like the lottery needs to control the amount of winning tickets but the thing that's interesting about the matching ones are that you get some information before you even scratch off a ticket as opposed to yeah. like a pure scratch off that's like playing a slot machine or something yeah the lottery is still controlling how many winners there are but you don't get any information before you do the scratching you know what i mean yeah. So, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that is what interests him is like, not only are the is the scratching part not random, the numbers that you're matching up also can't be random because that's how the win happens is yep. you match. So he starts thinking about this and it, it reminds him of the math he does in his job. Um, so he's, uh, his job is that he's a, a consultant for mining companies and he looks at data from um, samples from gold deposits. So like from people like taking soil samples and you see like it has this much gold in the sample. Yeah. And from a bunch of these samples all around, you can try Not to the determine. the first time a, a Canadian gold mining yeah. operation has entered our, uh, our, our, our sphere. Yeah. We did I the, did. I forget the name of it. Briex. Briex, yeah, yeah, Briex. Yeah. I was thinking about Briex when I when I was looking this up. I was like, I wonder if he knows. I wonder if he knows. Yeah. <laughs> the, the 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 Joker new rock stars meme. Does he know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like um, so like the way that this works is basically he looks at these samples and you can find patterns in them, and those patterns will help you determine where the load is that this gold is coming from. You know, so uh, he says like with the scratch off. The numbers might seem random, as if the gold has just been scattered, but they're actually not random at all. There are fundamental geologic forces that created those numbers. If I know the forces, I can decipher the samples. I can figure out how much gold is underground. Fuck, so, I love a guy like this. Yeah. And it, I love that it's gold, too, because it's like... Yeah, 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 yeah. The metaphor works perfectly, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I've been hunting for gold my entire life. Exactly. This, this dashing nerd. <laughs> so... He's like, if if this scratch off is that is actually similar to the way I do math, it means that you can you that you are not just subject to chance with these scratch offs. That there is a way to determine what is going to be a winning ticket. If he can figure out what the forces are that are applied, he might be able to plunder the lottery, as this article calls it. He might be able to like game it and figure it out. Um, Hell yeah. So he's like, he he's just like thinking about this for a couple days. He's like, he's like, they, they, it can't be this easy. I can't be the first yeah, person yeah. to have figured this out. But then again, <laughs> you think about it, like I said at the beginning, most of the people playing the lottery are not 
statisticians, you know? And most yeah, of right. the people <laughs> creating that's, the scratch-offs are not statisticians. Right. A statistician I, I who plays the lottery, lottery is not a good statistician. That's, like, your first yeah, yeah, sign yeah. that that's... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a guy who understands the numbers would be like, that is not a good game to play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's just like, I, I can't be the first person to figure this out. That's crazy. Um, so he's just thinking about this. Uh, he He's um, thinking about this sort of model because there's a bunch of different scratch-offs that are sort of like this that have the same thing. So the reason for these scratch-offs that are sort of matching as opposed to just scratch off and you find out when you win or win or lose is um they're more exciting to play you know yeah. they were they they have a little bit of suspense involved because you're like matching them up and you're like okay i have two in a row but you need three in a row so then you have like a few seconds of like excitement yeah, like, yeah am i gonna yeah, get three yeah, in a row? Yeah. so um these games are called baited hook games uh they're also called extended play games and they're designed because they are sort of more addicting than a regular scratch off because it requires a yep. little bit of work on your part. It requires sort of yep. like hunting um, and they deliberately load the cards with two in a row matchups. So you feel like you're almost winning. Yeah. You're yeah, almost there, dude. I I've always thought it was, it was hilarious that the, the advertising behind at least, at least Texas scratch offs, which I've seen commercials for those my entire life is that they, they like, they can't be like, they, they really can't like like sell the gambling aspect. They have to like sell. It's a game. What are games? Oh, they're right. fun. And so they sell that the fun part of the scratch off ticket is the scratching part. Yep. That's a huge part of gambling advertising. They're like, I'll scratch, scratch, scratch. Ooh, I'm scratching. Hey, I'm scratching. Hey, come scratch today. That's the fun part is the scratching. It's like that's not why we're here, dude. You know that. I know that. It's <laughs> also like I get I get why they're doing it, but it does feel like the way like I feel like anything that's addictive people love the ritual of it, you know, like anything that you have sort of like a, you know, addictive relationship to, it's like, you like the thing, but you like all the things around the thing because it means you're going to get the thing, you know, like. Oh yeah, dude, that that is, man, uh, that's 100% true. I know that from some other things that we will not divulge, (laughs) but like, uh, also like, I know that they say like people who are addicted to, let's say for example, drugs, um, when they like like they, they look at a lot of overdoses and a lot of overdoses occur when there's a uh, an environmental change mm. and so a lot of times like they, they just did a study and found that most people like not most people but I don't know the, the things but like people who tended like let's say you always shoot up in your apartment yeah but then one day you shoot up in your friend's apartment you're more likely to overdose there because your body's the environmental factors whatever your body has trained yourself to be like hey this is coming right it's a little off it's a little different and whatever you know whatever buildup or metabolism yeah. you thought you had for it isn't there interesting and so yeah it, it is very ritual based and it is a little disconcerting to know that there's very well paid teams of people out there that are figuring out what like what that is for us whether it be yeah. vaping or playing a mobile game or playing a scratch off ticket yep. or fucking you know eating lunchables that are jam packed full of sodium whatever the fuck right. it whatever they're putting in the fucking addi- McDonald's fries or whatever yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. well yeah we're like, like there's never enough you know it's like they they know what they're doing and it's it's just interesting slash uh, scary to think about it's spooky for sure. Yeah, yeah, everybody get some Narcan if you can. It's free in most places. (laughs) Google Google where to get Narcan. Um, It's a good idea. But anyway, uh, Srivastava found uh, this trick. And I'm going to explain it to you. It's a a little hard to comprehend, but I feel like if you think about it for a little bit, it it sort of makes sense. 
So I'm just going to read directly from Jonah Lehrer here because I feel like he okay. is, explains it clearer than I could. I've heard um, that guy's full of shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. He is a known liar. So <laughs> uh, Each ticket contained eight tic-tac-toe boards, and each space on those boards, 72 in all, contained a number from 1 to 39. So there's 72 spaces but 39 numbers. So as a result, some of these numbers were repeated multiple times. Uh, so like... You know, maybe there's three 17s or maybe there's two 38s or whatever. But a few numbers show up only once on the entire card. And what Srivastava realized was that he could separate the winning tickets from the losing tickets by looking at the number of times each of the digits occurred on the tic-tac-toe boards. So uh, he didn't look at all the digits. Instead, he looked at how many times each number appeared. And uh, what he's looking for is singletons. Numbers that only appear once. And uh, okay. if he sees uh, singletons, like the single numbers are almost always repeated on, in the scratch off. Yeah. So if he can find three of those in a row, which is how you get a tic-tac-toe, you can scratch it off and it's probably going to be a winner. So that's pretty simple. Like yeah, you just yeah, look and is. you see, okay, this number doesn't repeat. And then you look at the one next to it and you're like, this number doesn't repeat. And you look at the one next to that and you know, that number doesn't repeat. You got a winning ticket. So, yeah. okay. All right. So I, I, I will say one thing. Uh, he is already well beyond my friend who worked at the gas station. So <laughs> <laughs> he has surpassed my gas station. Homie. I don't want to be rude to your but, friend, but I am not super surprised by that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. By all means, this guy was probably talking shit. Uh, <laughs> but so that being said, how does he do that without buying the ticket? Or, or, or like, I guess that's where, like, where does it, where is he able to uh, apply that edge? Yeah, so I guess he's just stopping at the gas station and looking, and they're letting him look and pick because to everyone else, there's no way you can tell. Like, yeah, yeah. Everybody yeah, else yeah. is like, yeah, it's a game of chance. If you have some superstition and you want to pick the one that you think is lucky, sure, whatever. Yeah. So um, they're just letting him pick. Like, the gas station doesn't care yeah. because they don't think that there's any way to tell. So. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I guess Canadian lottery is a little more trustworthy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Like, hey, man, we're just winning at acorns or whatever the fuck it is they, they <laughs> buy coffee with up there. We'll, we'll get into how this could be applied on a larger scale uh, near the end of the of the article. But he's just doing okay. it as a person, and they're like, yeah, whatever. Here are, the, here are like a couple you can pick from, from what you want. So um, he, he gets a bunch on this hunch, and he realizes that this trick is working 90% of the time, which is incredible. <laughs> that is yeah, wild yeah, that's, odds. That's... He's cracked it. He's cracked point. it. So yeah. he starts getting really excited. And then he gets like, wait a minute. I'm a statistician for a gold mining company. This is not worth my time. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, I already make like a lot of money and I don't need to go to 90 gas stations a day. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm getting some real honey. Come back to the, come back to bed vibes. Yeah. It's just like, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, so yeah, just, yeah, hang out with your friends, dog. <laughs> so like, that's the thing. And that's what I think is pretty interesting about this is we're going to get into it, but like he doesn't do anything with this. He tells the, the gaming commission, like, 
But the thing is, like he says in this article, he's like, people always like give me kudos for being honest. It was like, I literally just was making more money. Like it's not, I'm not yeah. like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not like a great person. I just did like with everything in my life, I just did the math. And I realized yeah. what the where the value was, you know. Man, that that is that is such a a cool thing to me is is being able to, to, to just to figure stuff out like that. And I've had a few like just like routines at jobs I've had in the past where I've figured out like you know like oh a thing where I can do this thing easier or figure out the numbers on something. And like when you crack that code, it's, it's very you get the little dopamine hit. You're like yeah. oh hell yeah, I, I see that. But I do love that like you know. Obviously, everything is governed by math. I love that there's people out there that are so knowledgeable about that. They can see the loopholes in it, and that's why we do this podcast. Whenever I hear stories like that where somebody's like, actually, it has to be this, it, it, that's, that's always endlessly satisfying to me to hear that shit figured out. Yeah, I mean, it's it reminds me a little bit of the episode we just recorded that's coming out in two weeks uh, where it's like, the key to being a good gambler is just like seeing the long game and knowing the sort yeah. of long averages and like... This guy did that. It's like, it sounds really exciting to be like, I cracked the lottery. But when you think about what that actually means for your life and everything, he's like, I think my job is really interesting and I get paid more money to do it. (laughs) Scratching lottery tickets is not that stimulating to me. So like, I'm not going to do it. I think that's indicative of it's like the IQ necessary to crack this shit right. would also imbue you with the idea that like I shouldn't even try this. Right. Or like you probably have to be smart enough to like be making a good living. Because it's not like he cracked yeah, like yeah, the yeah, mega yeah, bucks yeah, or something. Be, you know, yeah, like yeah. it's scratch offs. <laughs> you can't really win that much. Yeah. Um but yeah, so he goes he goes to the Ontario Ontario Lottery and Gaming Commission and he tries to get in touch with him, he tries to get in touch with him. And nobody is, like, getting back to him. And he thinks it's because, to them, he probably sounds like your gas station friend. Where it's just like, yeah, yeah. a lot of people think they've cracked it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like also, I wonder what they call scratch-offs in Canada. Because they always have some weird name for everything. Yeah, like, you know, ninth grade is grade nine. They're like, oh, you heard about that one guy that cracked the scratchy boys. Or whatever the fuck they call it. Uh, my friend they J.P. McDade. or something. My friend J.P. McDade has a great tweet about, like, he's like, you think you can oh, live in yeah. Canada, and then you find out they call Kermit the Frog Green Dennis or something, and you're like, no yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get a bag of milk and a few, and, and a few scratching rockets or something. <laughs> like, what, what, what are you doing? Yeah. That, 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 uh, what, a, what a wild-ass little attic we have up there in what America. What a world. Yeah, America's yeah. attic up there. Yeah. Being weird. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, he's trying to get in touch with them, and nobody is giving a shit. And so he's like, fine. He uh, buys some more cards. He sorts them, like, into winners and losers, but he doesn't scratch them. He's like, I know this pile is winners. I know this pile is losers. And he sends that to the gaming commission. And, like, two hours after that delivery, they call him. And they're like, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, uh, dude! I like we've we've experienced this before, uh, where somebody has tried to. I, I can't remember a specific incident where somebody's like, "Hey, I figured something out. Look at this," and nobody took nobody took notice. And they're yeah. like, "Well, all right, fuck it." Yeah, that yeah that that's happened before. Yeah, it's like I did I did my best. Now I yeah, get I to take advantage of this. Um, yeah, <laughs> but this guy was persistent, so he he sent it to them. They the like head of security gets in touch. He explains it. And they end up pulling the tic-tac-toe game. They're like, clearly there's a problem here. Yeah. Um, but weirdly, they don't pull any of the other games that operate on the same principle, 
which can presumably yeah. also be cracked in similar ways. Like maybe not exactly the same way, but yeah. th- like the, again, the fact that they are not random and that you are getting data before you scratch the ticket means that there, are, there must be mathematical ways to figure all this stuff out. So yeah, there are it, a lot it's, of, it's just, it's ultimately just complex algebra. It's like that. What was that? Uh, that guess behind what, like there was a, a, pot, a, a game show back in the day where you, you could, yeah, Choose, the like door uh, one, two, or three. The one, two, three mm-hmm. doors, and, the, and that 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 mathematic, uh, that mathematician lady who wrote an article or who wrote a, a, a column, was like, actually, if you if you disregard the first door, you have a higher percentage of winning on the next one. And all these guys are like, no, you don't. And she's like, no, you do. And she figured it out. But it was like, yeah, like, that the, is the one of the most like crazy. I I remember trying to understand that, and it like blows. It doesn't even make sense it's to me. Wild. Yeah, it's like that's how that's it's how true, smart that woman was. It's yeah. crazy. And she just wrote, yeah, she just wrote a column for an article about uh, like a, a casual interest in mathematics, and she was smarter than like the the yeah. brightest people in the field at the time. That that was such a cool story. So like, there's a lot of security stuff with scratch where their main concern is they're like we don't want people to develop technology to see under the scratchy part which so the scratchy part is latex so they're like we don't want people to be able to see through the latex and see the winning stuff that way like that's what they're worried about but they don't seem to be worried at all about the fact that they're giving information in these baited hook games before you scratch And so, like, they discontinue the tic-tac-toe game, but they keep all of these other games that operate off a similar principle. And he's like, I don't believe that this is the only game like this. Like, what are the odds? Yeah. Again, he's a statistician, so he probably says, what are the odds yeah, a lot yeah, in his yeah. life? <laughs> it's like, what are the odds that this is the only game? Turns <laughs> out, like, pretty low, yeah. So he starts looking at other games that have this... Um, mechanism he mostly starts looking at other tic-tac-toe games because like obviously this only happened in toronto there are only like a couple companies that make scratch-offs for like the entire north american lottery system so a lot of them use like basically the same types of games they just sell them to different governments and stuff to to run these lotteries so there's uh there's one called scientific games there's one called g-tech printing um they they develop the games, they design the cards, and uh, they also provide, like, consultants for the lottery. So, like, the lottery basically trusts them to do all of the due diligence about, like, how these games actually work. But they're all, like, you know, the it's, it's like the classic lobbying thing. It's like, well, they have a vested interest in telling the states that these will work because they want yeah, the states yeah, to buy yeah. them, you know? Yeah. Um, so... Anyway, he starts looking at other tic-tac-toe games. He has a really good friend that lives in Colorado. So he is like, send me some scratch-offs from Colorado. Like, the, find the tic-tac-toe ones because I know they, they're out there. Send me the Colorado yeah. ones. He realizes that this trick also works for the Colorado ones, um, although only at 70% accuracy, not 90. But that's still really good. Yeah, that's, that's the way better shot that you have than normally playing a scratch-off Right, ticket. which is like what, like 2% yeah. or something? Like, yeah, yeah, I would imagine. So um, he also tries another Ontario game, Super Bingo, which operates in the same way. He finds that it, he can crack it at a 70% rate. Um, he, t- he tells the Ontario Lottery about that one, and they pull it, but they're like, well, but it wasn't the same problem. It was a different problem. The, the same guy cracked yeah, it in the yeah, same yeah. way, but it was different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the guy who knows numbers is like, no, fundamentally, it's the same problem. You're like, nah, it's different because that one's tic-tac-toe and this one's dominoes. Right. <laughs> 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 you fucking nimkum poop. You know? 
So yeah, like as I said, the things that they're that they're more worried about than people doing math is they're worried about how can people see through the latex. Um, some of the ways that people have cracked them in the past are you can like um, soak the scratch off part with vodka and then see the ink underneath, and then it'll dry and you you don't you know you can't tell that someone had put vodka on it. Um, yeah. You can also be like Is there very... anything vodka can't do? <laughs> Solves everything. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's good for a wound dis- disinfection. It's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, also, sometimes in the barcodes of the tickets, there will be data about the payouts in that. So, like, they're worried about somebody on the inside. Okay. Um, so, they're always, like, worried about that kind of encryption. But they're not... They don't think about the fact that, like, the games themselves might have a flaw. Um, yeah. So... Uh, this is what I wanted to talk about as far as, like, uh, th- that this guy isn't the only person who's cracked this. Like, maybe your friend at the gas station didn't, but it statistically it I'm, seems... I'm, I'm starting to doubt less and less on this. I'm starting to think... <laughs> I'm, putting, I'm putting less and less faith in my boy G as, the, <laughs> as time marches on well, <laughs> in this episode. It's interesting, though, because, like... Again, if you look at the statistics of claimed winnings on scratch-offs, they do seem to indicate that some people have figured out how to do this. So um, in uh, Washington and Virginia, which were two states that were subjected to a study about this stuff, uh, certain scratch games, mostly baited hook games like we've been talking about, showed payoff anomalies that were extremely rare. The anomalies are always the same. Break-even tickets, where the payout is equal to the cost, are significantly under-redeemed, while certain types of winning tickets are vastly over-redeemed. So there's like a game in Virginia, a blackjack scratch ticket, uh, where like $2 break-in-even winners, it's like way less than you would think, but there were a ton of $4, $6, $10, and $20 winners. Um, And... Most baited hook games in Virginia and Washington displayed the same irregularity. So the lottery says that this is just because people forget to redeem break-even tickets. But it seems weird yeah, that that would va- only you're vastly happen... underestimating the value of $2 to people. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. And also, it's like, also, why... if you're scratching right there, all you gotta do is turn it back in. You Just know, you're go right there. back in. Yeah, go right back in the gas yeah. station. I don't take a scratch-home ticket, a scratch-off ticket to my house. No way. That shit's getting scratched on the counter. That See, this is... I, went, I got in a big debate on my other podcast about this. That's how I feel about getting food to the drive-in. That's not going to my house. I'm eating that no, in yeah, the car. No, no. That's it. You have to get in the car. Uh, I come from a long way. line yeah. of family of car eaters. Yeah, that, that was <laughs> a big thing in my family. I love g- getting food from a drive-thru, pulling around to the fucking parking spot at the edge of the parking lot. Have a nice time. Throwing on a podcast, eating my Whataburger. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? As a depressed man. <laughs> <you know? laughs> that's some me time, you know? Literally, yeah, so like, right, yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't own a car anymore because I live in New York, but um, I have a friend who, when she goes out of town, she lets me use her car. And oh, yeah. uh, I will, even though I live in a city with like tons of good food within walking distance, when I get that car, 
I will go through a drive it a drive through. Yeah, because it's like a it's 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 a unique experience. It's like a yeah, it's, it's a form of solo eating that I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, it's a thing, dude. That's why like I, I'll get off work sometimes and pull up to, like and just park in front of my house and just like dick around on my phone for fifteen minutes before I go <laughs> in. You know? I had an ex one time. I pulled up to her house and was doing the thing, being on my phone, and she just came out, took the trash out, and she's like, "Have you just been sitting in the driveway, not coming in the house?" And I was like, yeah, "I'm busy." That's kind of exactly what I've been doing. But yeah, I'm busy. Like, God damn it. Your boy needs some me time. Exactly. But anyway, uh, it seems weird that only the tickets of these types of games, these baited hook games, would show this anomaly. It makes it seem like there are definitely some people out there who figured this out and just have not. Yeah, with just him. Yeah, who have just not shared it, you know, have not snitched on themselves because they're like, I have an unlimited $20 money glitch that I figured out. (laughs) Um, That's going to be a real A-team of fucking sweatpants wearers out there. They, man, they must have been so mad when this article came out and somebody blew up their spot. It's like it's like dudes get the get the team together. He's like, yeah, I'll get the squad together. It's just like eight dudes and women in like uh, Cookie Monster sweatpants, <laughs> <laughs> just with big gulps and shit. But yeah, so like uh, Srivastava, he gets asked about this. He's like, well, if you were doing this to make a living, the first thing you would do is avoid a losing or a break even ticket because there's no profit in that. So like, of course, you yeah. wouldn't pick those, you know. Um, so. If people were able to sort the winners and the losers, this is the kind of statistical anomaly you would see, which makes it seem yep. like that's what people are doing. Yep. So uh, there's some other suspicious data. There was a big audit that happened in Massachusetts um, in the early 2000s of um, redeemed lottery tickets and stuff. And it found that one person who it did not share any identifying information about them, but <laughs> one specific person cashed in over 1,500 winning tickets between 2002 Whoa. and 2004 and won a grand total of $2.84 million. Yeah, boy. Where was that at again? Massachusetts. Massachusetts. So, oh, hell yeah. Mass holes. Just yeah. coming in for clutch. That that's, Yeah, that guy figured it out. He knew what was going on. Yeah. Uh, there was one in, in 1999 that found that someone had cashed in 150 tickets worth $237,000. Uh, while the top 10 multiple prize winners had won 842 times between them for a total of 1.8 million. Uh, this all with the knowledge that only six out of every 100,000 will yield a prize. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, only six out yeah. of every 100,000 will yield a prize between 1,000 and 5,000. So, yeah, yeah, f- but yeah, you got to get to get the numbers they're getting, you got to be finding those tickets. You got, you got to know something. So, yeah. What, there's one other possible explanation for this, which might account for some of it, but I feel like it can't account for all of it. Um, that there is this phenomenon of people who are known as professional cashiers who they turn in other people's winning lottery tickets so that the people who won it can avoid taxes. So uh, you can okay. like pay okay. somebody to do it. And I don't know. I yeah. guess that person just doesn't pay their taxes. I'm not sure how they're yeah, dealing yeah, with yeah. this. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's yeah, that is like a I, thing. I bet that guy's a st- I bet that guy's a road comic because I remember people would ask me like, "Hey, how do you how do you pay taxes on all that road money?" And I'd be like, "What's up? <laughs> <laughs> how do I do one on what? What are you asking about? I don't, I don't know. Not the guy. Not the guy to ask." <laughs> so uh, yeah, and then here's one other example. Um, this woman Joan Ginther, who's uh, a Texan from Bishop, Texas. Um, 
She. I have no clue where that's at. I don't either. Um, but she's yeah, won. But still. She's won more than a million dollars from the Texas lottery on four different occasions. So. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um. Did she? Is she single? <laughs> <laughs> She got a sister? Come on now. (laughs) (laughs) So three of her wins came from baited hook scratch tickets, the type we've been talking about. There you go. Um, She uh, won $10 million from a $50 ticket uh, in 2010, uh, which is the largest scratch prize ever awarded by the Texas Lottery. Um, So yeah, it's like, okay, well, maybe this person is insanely lucky, uh, or maybe she's figured this shit out, and nobody before Mohan Srivastava has ever, like, blown the whistle on it, you know? Yeah, yeah, oh, just, yeah, real Debbie Downer. The other thing to remember about this is, like, again, the lottery fixes the proportion of winning tickets so that they're always going to make money. It doesn't matter who they pay out to. Because it's the exactly. same amount of yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, some of them never get bought or whatever, but like, they ca- they calculate this into their budget that like, if if all of the winning tickets are purchased, here's the amount of money we're gonna have to pay out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's, there's no like, oh, we really lost our ass on scratch offs this quarter. Like that doesn't right. happen. It's not like a casino so, or something in that way. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I would imagine this hasn't stopped them from playing victim. This whole thing, I mean, like they, it weirdly, like they seem to really downplay the problem. They, oh, probably, yeah, because they're just like, no, because they don't. It doesn't, it doesn't matter to them because it's yeah. they're still making a profit. You know, it doesn't I matter imagine, what like, the you, proportion of, yeah, if the, yeah, yeah, it's just all it is, all it does is shift the proportion of who is receiving the winnings to one yeah, person. Shit, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like if you have to if you have a bill that you have to pay, like it's a bill you have to pay. The, the bill they had to pay was whatever they allotted out for the winnings on this particular game mm-hmm. that was already earmarked for that. You know, granted, uh, this article like this article is old, like it is like ten years old, but from what I found online, these games are all still like forms of these games are all still yeah. in scratch offs. Like I've I've seen them. I'm sure you have too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, these are definitely still happening. So, uh, Srivastava talks about like how, cause like, it's one thing if it's like, you know, one or two people, whatever, um, it's bad, but it's not like, um, a, a problem writ large. Right. But then he starts talking yeah. about like, how could organized crime use this? Um, because this could be a very valuable tool. Oh yeah. Yeah. And there is an example of, um, so this is just like sort of a funny anecdote. Um, in 1991, Whitey Bulger, the famous, uh, hey. you know, Jack Nicholson and the Departed type yeah. guy, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. South Boston Irish mob. He yeah. and three also other Johnny Depp in uh, in uh, the Whitey Bulger and the Boys. I forget the movie's called. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that one. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> which I guess Whitey Bulger was like photographed going to sea or something. Do you remember that? Oh no, no, I didn't hear about that. He I they ended up getting him and then he died. But yeah. for a long time yeah, he was yeah. like in the wind and it was I maybe it was the departed. Yeah, I remember that. See. Um but anyway I would go if I I would go see the departed if I was him, you know. <laughs> That's choice. what I would go see. Yeah. So in nineteen ninety one, he and three other people actually cashed in a winning lottery ticket worth fourteen point three million dollars. And uh, he was under investigation then, but he was a free man. So they were like, "I we gotta give you the yeah. money." Like, okay. Um, He's like, "Can I pose with a check?" They, they didn't want to pose with the check. He's like, "No, no, no! You gotta let me pose with the check." <laughs> this is fucking 
mugging. <laughs> so what what they think happened was that this is a really great opportunity for a criminal to launder money, right? Because oh yeah, it's a huge chunk of change that you can suddenly explain having and pay taxes on, and then it becomes yeah. legitimate income. So what they think he probably did was that he uh, like bought a share in a winning lottery ticket that so- he like somebody had hipped him to, you know. Yeah. And then probably let the person keep the money, and then he ended up, you know, minus the tax yep. penalty or whatever, and then he, yeah. he kept the clean cash. So. Lot like lot the lottery in general is like a really easy way to launder money if you can figure out how to get winning tickets, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you can figure out how to get enough winning tickets, it can actually be a profitable form of money laundering. Which yeah, who doesn't want that? You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a dream. <laughs> Making money on money here, you know, at this point. So if you wanted to do this kind of thing uh, as like a as like a organized crime scam, you would you would need to do it with so many scratch offs that it wouldn't make sense to like manually pick out the numbers uh yeah. to like like that takes too long. You would need to buy so many tickets that you would need like a scanner or something to sort the winners from the losers. Um so like you can't do that at a gas station, right? Like you can't like bring no, your you laptop you, and couldn't you bribe a gas station employee to let you fucking toilet paper that roll out yes. and go yeah yes so yes, yes. there's there's a this. couple ways you could do this first of all a bulk scratch off purchase does not necessarily raise suspicion um because a lot of people will buy them for like prizes for a raffle or like a church spaghetti yeah, yeah, dinner yeah. or whatever like it's yeah. not that weird to buy a, a ton of scratch scratch offs and um Trivastavan checked this and he like checked with a bunch of these people at these gas stations must be so sick of this guy coming in and asking questions <laughs> but they told him, like, yeah, you can return unscratch off tickets. If you haven't scratched it off, you can return it. So he was like, it would make sense if you if you weren't going to bribe somebody, you could buy a bunch, scan them, and then return the losers. Like, that is also an option. So Oh, so you, oh yeah, that, that, that's – I don't think you should be able to return scratch off tickets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, it's on like... the principle of how could anyone know. But it's yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. super suspicious. Yeah, yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's like, and also it's Canada. He's like, well, all right then. All right, like, <laughs> I guess I'll take these back. I'm sure you didn't do anything with these. So I guess I'll leave us on this, um, which is this last quote from uh, Srivastava about this. Um, he says, "quote There is nothing random about the lottery. In reality, everything about the game has been carefully designed to control payouts and entice the consumer." Of course, these elaborate design elements mean that the ticket can be undesigned and that the algorithm can be reverse engineered. So I think that's super interesting. I feel like this does, if you already have a gambling problem, this would spur you on to be like, yeah. I can figure it out. <laughs> Which Some guy's fucking finishing his drink right now, <laughs> running out to his minivan. <laughs> his wife's like, where are you going? He's like, I figured it out, baby. No yeah. more mac and cheese for us. It's sirloin steaks from here on out. <laughs> I feel like if you're not a statistician, you should probably err on the side of you haven't figured it out. Um, yeah. I know most of our listeners are statisticians, but for the few <laughs> out there who are not. I do I would, feel like, I would, however. I would exercise caution. I will, like, next time I buy a scratch off, I am going to use this. Like, yeah, you know, like why? Why would we not? Yeah, yeah, anybody out there? Let's fucking let's get it. Who knows? I mean, they all they all kind of have a slightly different mechanism, but like yeah. now that I know it, like it can't hurt. 
So worst yeah, I, yeah, worst I lose yeah, is so two got, bucks. I, so you know. Yeah, I got a bit of an edge, man. We yeah, we had a, a hardcore gambling session tonight, man. We, did. we talked about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, shit. Thank, well, thank you very much, Kath, for sharing that story and, and potentially yeah, making us a little rich. Check it out. If you, this is a good faith. I, I, I need this on everybody on good faith. If you do this system and you win, th- throw us one percent. One percent for the Patreon. That's all we're asking for. Yeah. If yeah, you, sign, yeah, if you, you win any money from this, if it's more than twenty dollars, you should get you should get the Patreon for one month. You can download all the yeah, episodes. One month. They're downloadable. I don't care. You can sign up for a month and download our whole back catalog of, of bonus episodes if you come want. Come on with it. I am just now learning that. Didn't know that, but come on with it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even mad about it. I'm just like, oh, shit, I could be doing that. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's a, that's a great way to scam us if you want to scam us. What if we found out that I was selling bootleg, light sheet, steel, Patreon episodes? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got to respect like, that, given given yeah. what our podcast is about. If you were trying to cut me out on some bootleg yeah, episodes. This is a, yeah, a secret Patreon where I'm selling them for a buck a piece. <laughs> <laughs> can't hate. I can't hate. Oh, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be that, that. That will be whenever we decide to fucking put the brakes on this thing. Like that will be how we end it. Is that there will be a scandal where I've been scamming the fucking episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, damn, yo, that's crazy. Kat, thank you so much for putting that together for us. Thanks for uh, giving us the knowledge about that. And yeah, guys, if you're out there, if yeah, get out there, use to your advantage, but you know, be you know, be cool about it. But if you do win, you gotta sign up for the Patreon. Please if you do. don't, we will be mad. And you don't <laughs> want that. Uh it, you know. Yeah, yeah. If we're unhappy, it's bad for us. Uh yeah, that being said, so this is gonna come out on a week from today. See, this is the this is gonna come out. A week from today. Week from today. So this is going to be next Friday. So if Thursday. you guys, so uh, my name is Pat Soroyce. You can catch me on uh, Instagram at PZTexas, P-E-E-Z-Y-T-X. And I also run a monthly show at South Austin Comedy Club. Uh, it's going to be, it's called Saturday Pint Live. And that's going to be on the on the 23rd of this month. So a little close to Christmas. But we got a real murderer's row of everybody who is not on vacation. <laughs> so you should come and check that show out. Uh, Kathy, got anything for us? Um, I have my monthly show, Paid Protest, is going to be back on January 5th. Um, our last one was great. I think Judah Friedlander is going to do this one, too. Uh, he did the last oh, one. Oh, hell yeah. Um, yeah, we always have a great lineup. We have a great time. Come to that. It's at Silo in Bushwick, uh, January 5th, 7.30 p.m. Uh, follow me on social media at Kath Barbadoro. I have another podcast called What a Time to Be Alive that comes out every week. Um, I think that's all I have to plug. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, yeah, guys, thanks for tuning in. I hope your December is going great. Uh, please, you know, check us out on Patreon if you liked what you heard today. Um, have fun with the lottery. Uh, use your winnings for good. By good, <laughs> I mean signing up for our Patreon. Uh, that being said, guys, be safe, be smart, but above all, don't get caught. Don't get caught. See you next time.